This is Mark Hunter, author of A Mind for Sales, Daily Habits and Practical Strategies for Sales Success. And you are listening to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Hello and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal during this unusual time is to reconnect you with past guests on the Marketing Book Podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I either run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be drinking cocktails during these conversations. I mean, come on. They are recorded during the cocktail hour. To find the show notes for each episode with pictures of each guest and links mentioned in their conversation, visit marketingbookcocktails.com. Marketingbookcocktails.com. See what I did there? And if you'd like to join the conversation, email a voice recording to me at douglas at salesartillery.com, and I'll try to include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. Mark Hunter, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. How are you? I'm doing great. What could go wrong with an author and a cocktail? I don't know. In fact, when I started this uh, limited time series, I reached out to a lot of authors and said, hey, what do you think about having a drink at the end of the day? And just catching up. And most of them said, Doug, I'm already drinking. So <laughs> it's not a problem. And then they all said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling. So I'll even talk to you. So, you know, it's really all coming together for me and my listeners. But where are you now? You're in Omaha? I am in Omaha, but I'm not at home. Wow. You're, I'm wow. out. Why I'm are you not coach. sheltering at home? What do you, what do you do? Are you out causing trouble again? I'm out causing trouble. I, 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 I am. That, that's kind of what I'm known for. I'm out in my co-working space. But co means there has to be two people here, right? Yeah, no, I'm the only one here. So <laughs> it's just me. I see. Well, Mr. Hunter, you are, uh, you know, they're still looking for you at the Seattle Police Department. So, you know, we're going to have to explain uh, that background one more time here. But I wanted to remind listeners, because there may be one person in the world listening to this particular episode. It's the first time they've listened in, and they're checking it out, and they're hearing, oh, it's Mark Hunter. I think I've heard of him. And I wanted to uh, remind folks uh, who you are. You were uh, on episode 89 of the Marketing Book Podcast, talking about high-profit prospecting, and that published you didn't know this, but that published on my birthday in 2016, September 23rd. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you very Happy much. Birthday to no, not today. You. It was in September. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, back off. Well, I have the oh, same. Oh. It's also Bruce Springsteen's birthday. I was born on his 10th birthday. And I was also born on the same day as Jason Alexander, one of the actors that was on uh, Seinfeld. George Costanza, for those who uh, remember that character. But then a lot of listeners who are regular listeners probably remember you because uh, just a couple days ago, I published episode 280, which was an interview with a very dear friend of yours, Jeb Blunt, talking about his book, Inked, and you were 
two episodes ago, 278 in May of 2020. So if people haven't heard either of those, remind listeners who Mark Hunter is. Mark Hunter, the sales hunter. How much more can you say than that? Just, you know, the word, the, and, and that is my real last name. I mean, how many people can say that they have the last name Hunter? I can. So I had to use it, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. it sounds like sounds like you're starting to drink there. Oh, I bit. just opened a can of, uh, of an adult beverage. Yes. Oh, <laughs> As a matter of fact. A, a can of adult beverage. <laughs> yes, yes. Why don't you just say what it is, okay? It's, Come on. Uh, let me take it out here. It's, it's the drink that all the kids are drinking that I really seem to have uh, – uh, enjoyed. It's called uh, Hard Seltzer. It's called Truly, this particular one. And my uh, 25-year-old son is very embarrassed that I like it, but my daughter came home from college and was told not to come back. And so now she's a graduate. She wrapped it up and uh, the house is starting to change. She's starting to put her imprint on it. And I noticed the fridge is full of these really tasty carbonated uh, seltzer drinks. And I, I kind of like them. So there, I said it. Well, I, 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 hey, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I had my first one last night. I, w- I was at a friend's house, and um, I had my first adult beverage called Truly. So yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. Oh, okay. Truly. So you had one. Yeah, they're also. I, I, I actually had one. Yes, yes. White so, Claw is I, another one that's very popular. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew I was going to be talking to you, so I, I knew that you know you being a man of of what's happening out, man of good taste. Thank you. That I would need to, um, you know. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that I. I'm a man who is keeping up with the kids, okay? I, you know, I'm, I'm down with what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> I think the reason you're keeping up with the kids because you want your kids to one day be supporting you and your wife. That's right. why. That's why you're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, those poor suffering children of mine. And, you know, I talk that way uh, only here in this instance because I know they're not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and these are kids who really have suffered uh, in the household of a guy who really likes dad jokes. So anyway, Mark Hunter, you worked in uh, marketing, you worked in sales, you've written several books, you go around the world uh, teaching and training and keynoting, and I've seen you keynote several times. Before we started recording, you told me some things that kind of surprised me. And let me give the listener some context. In about the second week of March, I remember watching videos of you, and you do a lot of really good, helpful, inspirational videos on on LinkedIn. And you were traveling quite a bit. And the takeaway I had from all those videos was, look, we're all traveling. Everything's okay. (laughs) Everybody needs to stop worrying. And then about a week later, you know, we all know what happened. Everyone got serious about telling us to stay in and so forth. So before we started talking here, Mark Hunter made a comment about the fact that I look a little bit like uh, Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway. My hair is getting longer. I've excuse got me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I was going to use, I use the word disheveled, okay? Just, just, just uh, put yes. it in context, okay? Yes. And maybe it was that volleyball with... <laughs> A face painted on it. You, you, you look more like Wilson than you <laughs> right, did Tom Hanks. Right. So that's okay, but that's okay. And so I said, wow, look at you. You're all shaved. Looks like you've got a haircut. And then you said, oh, I've had two haircuts and I've been going out to restaurants. Not, that not, is, not, I, I, I'm that's still something I haven't away. heard. Well, see, I'm still two days away from getting my second haircut. I will, I will get that on Thursday of this week. But oh, yeah, okay. wait, my, my, my wife and I, we went out to eat again Sunday night. Beautiful restaurant, sat down, 
had a wonderful evening, great bottle of wine, great cheese board, wonderful dinner. I had duck, she had salmon. It was just a wonderful meal indoors in a nice restaurant. And all legal, right? And all all legal, all legal, all legal. Yes, yes. And yeah, yeah. So Mark Hunter, do you think uh, that a lot of the talk and the worry and the panic is a little too much? I, you know what? I don't know how this all ends. I'm not. I'm not going to try to be a pro. I, I'm not going to try to forecast. Um, I hope it all winds up smoothly. But you know, I'm being very prudent. Hey, I live in Omaha. We have been we have been quarantined for 155 years. We just didn't <laughs> know it. Okay. Okay. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. There's a reason Warren Buffett is 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 still alive. There, living. There is a reason Warren Buffett. Is, in fact, you know what's funny is I, I go past his house all the time, and he's staying home, I guess. And uh, I haven't seen much activity at his house, but I um, is he out pushing the lawnmower or anything? Well, no, I, I did see I did see the um, the yard person doing his lawn the other day, and um, so you know, so Douglas, I, I I know you were aspiring to get that job this year, but <laughs> right. um, sorry, this guy must have underbid you. Uh, well, you know, Mark Hunter, uh, when you when you compete on price, it's a race to the bottom. I don't know if you it, knew that, but yeah, uh, gee, I, I, I never, I, I can't imagine. Really, I, that's a shock. I'm kind of amazed. So, I've heard from a lot of uh, people uh, who have been wondering if it's okay to sell and if they should be doing sales activities. And I've got to believe you've been getting some of that vibe too, in terms of people asking you and seeking guidance. What are you telling folks? This is like, it's okay to go outside too. It's okay to go outside. Yes, you can sell. Yes, you can sell. We need to be selling. Hey, our, our customers need us. Our customers need us more than ever right now. I mean, you really think about it. We're frozen in time. Our customers are frozen in time. And it's really up to us to help our customers unfreeze themselves. I mean, we owe it to them. We owe it to them. So believe me, it's get out and say, no, I'm not going to sit there and, 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 and sell, you know, I'm not going to walk into an airline, you know, I'm not going to go to United Airlines and say, hey, I got a great um, employee satisfaction. Pro-. Well, actually, maybe an employee satisfaction program maybe is what United needs right now. But I mean, you know, I mean, y- y- you can't be tone deaf, but hey, businesses are opening back up and we got to be there on the front end. It's, you know what? It's sales. It's salespeople. They're going to bring the economy back. How's that? Hmm. And your wife works at the VA hospital too, right? My wife goes to work every day at a hospital. And wow. um, yeah, yeah, she's been there. And uh, we, we, we've compared notes on this. And they've got COVID patients there in their facility. And um, she wears a mask and um, she wears a shield much of the time. And um, But you know what? She's never had any qualms whatsoever about going to work, coming home. Um, so at least we know we'll get healthcare. If we, <laughs> no, no, I, no I, I'm not, I'm not wishing it on anybody. I'm not, no, no. And, and, and I'm not making light of it because it is, it, it, it is a very serious and, um, believe me, if you knew my wife, she is incredibly prudent, uh, incredibly safety oriented. Well, with the exception of her marriage choice. Well, hey, 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 she made that in, in a younger state, okay? <laughs> hey, you want to hear something amazing? And, and this is the reason we were out to dinner the other night. We celebrated 40 years. Wow, congratulations. 
Yes, we were supposed to be in Italy. We, we were actually supposed to be in Italy this week. That was our plan. Well, of course, that didn't quite work out, folks. So instead, we went for a drive and went to a restaurant <laughs> in Omaha. When do you think you might be getting on a plane again to fly somewhere? Actually, well, you know what's funny? I actually have to book a reservation here uh, because the last week in, in um, June, I'm going to be in Dallas. And I have to be in um, Atlanta, I think, two weeks after that. So I will be getting on on planes. Now, you know, people always chastise me. But then again, I have gone jogging in front of military troops in Bogota, working the streets of Bogota, Colombia. I have landed on a seven. I have landed in a 747 with flat tires. I have was on a DC-10 when the engine blew out. Um that was a little bit creepy. That was a little bit creepy. If you remember DC-10s, uh, they only had three engines. So when you blow one, that means you're down to two. Um, I have, um, I landed on, I landed in another plane. See, I've spent a lot of time in airports mm-hmm. uh, where the nose gear, uh, they could not assure it was down. And um, what are some other, uh, we, got mar- we got married downstream from a volcano as it was blowing. Hmm. So, my my life has been filled with just, you know, I just get out there and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can out now I can I can sense that. I almost wonder if uh, danger is attracted to you or <laughs> No, but you know what though? I mean, I I'm, I'm alive. Okay, this is this is re- this is re- the best time to get on an airplane is immediately after there's a plane crash. Mhm. That was really morbid. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's true. It's like if I, I've flown on a 9-11 uh, since right. that happened in 2001. Yeah. There's probably not a safer day. Uh, right. Or, you know, it's like when I went to get shoulder surgery in March, that place was probably never cleaner. <laughs> Protocols yeah. were never stricter. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's, that's true. But this... Uh, Somebody might say that's high-risk behavior. Let's go back in time and talk about Mark Hunter's uh, high-risk youth. Why (laughs) is it that the Seattle Police Department still talks about you? Maybe high risk is part of my DNA. Maybe that's. Hey, I could I could I tell think you that's some other pretty story. well documented by now. I could, yeah, I could tell. Yeah, because I put it, I wrote about it in my own book. Well, yeah, see, because I, I didn't want to do sales. Sales was the last thing I wanted. To do. I wanted to be like you. I wanted to be in marketing, and um, uh, I got too many speeding tickets when I was in college. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was harmed. But you were um, a young man in a hurry. I was a young man in a hurry. I had a party to go to, okay? And um, I, I got too many tickets. And what happened was I could not afford car insurance. And I could not afford car insurance. And that's what forced me to get a job uh, that supplied me with a company car. Um, taxi cab driver, no, they do background checks. Um, I, I wound up going to work for a schlocky company where they gave me a company car. And you know what's funny? I proceeded to get fired from that job. I was so schlocky. How do you how well, do you be a schlocky salesperson working in a schlocky company and get fired? That's that's really a new low, right? Well, it's that high risk, you know, Mark Hunter behavior. But wait, there's more. You went on to another sales job and you got fired from that one too, right? Man, you know, if my mother was listening right now, she'd be appalled. Yes, I did. You're right. I did get fired well, from Congratulations that on keeping all that from mom. <laughs> yeah, I got fired from the second one. In fact, I, I didn't write about it in the book, but I really thought there was a time when I was going to get fired from the third one. 
but I didn't. I made it. What What is it that kind of turned things around for you? The fact that I was married at that time and ah. my father-in-law, my father-in-law is really wondering like, who is this idiot that we allowed our daughter to marry? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, no. I, I, I heard that a lot from my father-in-law too. See, yeah. And, and, and you know what's funny is I have been, my father-in-law is still alive and he's actually a wonderful gentleman. I mean, I, I very much love the guy dearly. Uh, Bob, if you're listening from Phoenix, Arizona right now, I'm saying hi to you. Well, we'll make sure that we, uh, you know, I get him a copy of this. Now, wh- where was, wh- where was, where were you from originally and where was your wife from? Well, I, I was from, I was from a small town south of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And my wife was from a small town north of Portland. And okay. uh, see, if, see, if you go back, if you know your history, May 24th, 1980 is when a certain volcano blew, Mount St. Helens blew. Oh, yes. And that was just upstream, about 30 miles upstream from where my wife grew up. And uh, that's where the wedding was. And um, so, yeah, we, we, we caught the last commercial flight out of Oregon um, after it blew. Um, so see, I've had, and you never went back. I've lived lived with risk my whole life. (laughs) Timing seems to be quite a, uh, a talent of yours. Oh my goodness. Well, so that's, that's interesting. But I, I, you realize you were about, you, you were, you'd been fired from two sales jobs. What was it? The, the, the heart to heart with your father-in-law or what that kind of turned things around for you and made you realize that, you might actually be able to do this. Excuse me, but I needed to avoid my father-in-law back then. There was no way I was going to talk with my father-in-law. No, you know what? Uh, you, you finally begin to realize that it's about the customer. You, you finally realize that it's about helping the customer, listening to the customer. And um, I, I, I kind of had this um, bowling pin mentality when it came to customers. I thought customers were bowling pins and your objective is just to knock them over as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, reset them and knock them over again. Reset them, knock them over again. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's not really a good way to build a sales career. You know, it creates a lot of short-term commissions, but uh, it doesn't last long term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, what? Well, tell us about you. Later, went on and had uh, roles in marketing too. Well, yeah. See, man, I I, I crossed I crossed over. I crossed you're, over to that side. You're a switch side. hitter. I am a switch hitter. I crossed over to that side I always wanted to get. Yeah, so I, I was in consumer pack. Fact, you and I have had, uh, we've compared notes on agencies and um, Madison Avenue and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I, I was over on the marketing side for probably, oh man, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Loved it. But then I had to come back to sales. Because sale, sales, is, sales is the only job where you can, you can sit there and say, hey, boss, um, this is what I'm going to do for you tomorrow, but it'll, it never comes. It just, you always just keep promising tomorrow. No, no, I'm no, I won't. <laughs> right. It's going to be great. 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 It's really going to be good. Yeah. You know, of course, you see, I was a slow learner because, you know, you know, the whole thing was, Hey boss, I had a great quarter last quarter. And then, you know, my boss would continue to remind me, well, that was last quarter. Um, it took me a little while for that to sink in and realize you can't live on last quarter's numbers. Well, Mark, back to this uh, pandemic that we're all living in. Do you think there's going to be any lasting effect on the 
on the world of sales? In other words, are there some things that are happening now that you think might stick around or or things that are going to go by the wayside? Man, there are so many things. But you know what's funny? I don't think we really know. I mean, on, on, on the one hand, we can sit there and say trade shows and that sort of stuff are going to go away because, you know, you think about the number of uh, <clears throat> companies that relied on trade shows for all their leads. Well, now they're having to develop another strategy. And you know what? They're actually doing quite well. They're, they're developing another strategy and, it, and it's working. So when trade shows come back, will they go back? I, so, I mean. Oh, so you're saying the companies that went to trade shows are developing other strategies. Yes, yes. Because, I mean, think about all the, all the money that companies would spend, you know, exhibiting and sponsoring trade shows and so forth. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure that trade shows will be a lot fewer um, than they have been in the past. Um, I think we're going to see a, a lot more um, being willing just to sell by way of Zoom. I mean, come on, we're all suffering Zoom fatigue. But this whole idea of having to jump on an airplane to go see this customer, go see that customer, I think those are going to become more um, irregular. You know, I mean, I, I used to do, I mean, I, I would do, you know, four or five cities in a week, easy. And I think those one-day trips back to back to back to back to back, are going to become fewer and fewer. Um, I, we're going to become much more reliant on on really engaged platform selling, and 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 I and I don't mean the I don't mean the sales demo, but I mean the truly interactive um, ability for you and I by way of a computer to connect and and really dissect um, the customer's needs, understand. So I think that's going to change. Um, but you know, you know what I think is going to happen, and I and I see it happening already. There's a level of empathy and a level of listening skills that are being developed by salespeople, because through this whole situation, everybody's got a backstory. I mean, you and I have talked two or three times now, <clears throat> and each time we always talk about our our kids. We talk about you know what's going on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um. So I think we're becoming much more personal in nature, much more empathetic, much more um, listening oriented. Mm -hmm. I think that with this virtual communication, the things that we took for took for granted in the past, like uh, body language and facial expressions and things like that, I'm wondering if that's contributing to more of the listening skills because you're having to pay a bit more attention to get feedback from people. Oh, without a doubt. That's what's, that's what's really causing. I'm, I'm really telling salespeople right now, you're getting your MBA. You're getting your MBA in sales. Because what has happened is that we, we, we've known these skills. We've known we've needed these skills, but we never practiced them. Now, suddenly, we're really having to practice. And, and we're becoming much more adept at listening to tonality. We're becoming much more, like, for instance, right now, I know in your voice, you're getting very upset at me. I, I, I know you're just about ready to end this conversation because I can tell in your tone of voice. And I can tell that you're going to say, I'm never going to speak to Mark Hunter again. I can tell it by the words that you're using. <laughs> you wish I would never speak to you again. No, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, I'm part of uh, Team Hunter, you know, that's, uh, part, I'm part of your uh, your alpha audience. Hey, so. did you did you get the t-shirt? <laughs> The T-shirt, yeah, the Team Hunter T-shirt. No, no, oh, I haven't made them yet. Okay, oh, that's a good okay. idea. That's a good idea. I read Mark Hunter's books, and all I got was his T-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there you go. Boom, man. Wow. Yeah. But you know, the idea from 
the books, particularly uh, high profit prospecting and high profit sales, is this notion of don't be cutting your price and don't think you need to rush to that right off the bat. Um, so in March, before everything really got crazy, the last prospect I met with in person, a friend of mine who's a sales uh, expert, he comes into companies and tries to write their sales ship. He knew they were going to need some marketing help. So he brought me in to talk to these guys. And the head of the company, uh, after I had a meeting with him and my friend, he was just saying, no, it's pretty much just lowest price. It's just lowest price. That's that's really all, all my buyers need. And my friend then drove me back to uh, my house. And I said, Mike, you have got your work cut out with this guy. <laughs> he thinks it's all about lowest price. What would Mark Hunter say if he had been there? Well, if 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 I can't get the guy to come off of that, I I walk away. <laughs> okay. I just, I, yeah, I mean, I mean like seriously. I did. <laughs> yeah, you just you just simply walk away. But I want to come back to why did your friend have to drive you home? I thought you got your license back. Yes, I did. Um, well, <clears throat> as uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it here, but I had a the shoulder operation on March 18th, and I, you know, we were still sort of like, eh, what is this pandemic shutdown thing? And he said, "Hey, Doug, I've got this. Uh, in, I've got this meeting set up with the guy that Friday on the 20th. Can you can you come?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess, but my arm is in a sling, and I'm kind of on painkillers, but I, I I should be off of them by then. Uh, I but I can't drive. I really can't." He goes, "Oh, that's no problem. I'll just pick you up. We'll go over there." You know, the three of us will meet and then I'll drive you back and then I'm going to spend the rest of the day with him because he's got a consulting gig with this guy. So that's why he was driving me. I couldn't even bait you to get you disclose your poor driving record. Then you go and paint <laughs> it behind this, 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 this injury, this, 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 this workplace. You know, As a surgery. community service, I thought it was a good idea yeah. for me not to drive. Here I am. Here I am trying to just, just get you in and get you to, to, to reveal to the world about your driving. No, it's okay. Yeah, so. now I've, I've revealed too much. Uh, but anyway, that was like the last real meeting totally I went to. And that's all he talked about was, nope, all I need is lowest price. I don't need anything that you guys do. I don't need all this information on my website. I don't need any kind of content. I don't think he thinks he really needs any kind of sales process. That's why I, I, my well, heart kind of went out to my friend Mike, like, oh, man. Well, why is your friend Mike working with him? I mean, he, he, here's the whole thing. Because if, if you are a low price person in one thing, guess what? Chances are you're going to be a low price thing in another thing. And and if you can't understand value, if you can't understand, there, there's always going to be somebody that's going to come or come along and offer a lower price. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, right at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a lot of companies, we saw a lot of SaaS companies, a lot of other companies come out with, you know, you know, pandemic pricing, COVID, COVID-19 pricing. And I think they thought because, well, this will, this will wash over in a couple of weeks. Hey, folks, we're going to probably have COVID with us for, I don't know, 6, 12, 18 months, maybe. I don't know how long. And so guess what? You have just throttled back your revenue model by sitting there jumping up and down, waving, oh, we're going to take care of you. We're going to offer this 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 low price. See, as soon as the, immediately when you offer a low price, you automatically change the customer's value perception. And you're going to struggle like mad to try to get that back up there. I mean, it's just not going to happen. 
So yeah, yeah, that um, boy, I I pity your friend. I mean, well, um, I, I'm also wondering if he didn't quite realize that because he's he's usually brought in to try to write the ship. Well, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just think he's got his work cut out for him, and I there was no point in me, you know, staying there. Well, there's only yeah, I mean, there's only five letters he has to write: C H E A P. I mean, you know, cheap. <laughs> That's the extent of his content marketing and his. Uh, yeah, I mean, cheap.com, cheap IO. I think he'll come around because he had it was it was a very high quality equipment. He was a it was a manufacturing business and he invested in some of the best equipment out there. That's why uh you know, he was I think he's got a he's probably has a very good story to tell. Uh but Mike is just going to have to, you know, help this guy turn around. At least the guy was smart enough to hire my friend to uh help him get his sales thing in order. Cause this is a guy who's more interested in the product than he is in the, you know, in the, uh, in the sales and the, in the, you know, in the customer. So I think, uh, Mike will probably have a lot of value to, to offer this guy. So, yeah, I, I, I just, boy, I tell you what, you've seen this movie this before, I guess. I, oh yeah. I've seen this movie many, many times and it kind of blows your mind away when on the one hand they're, they're very high end. The question I'd have. So, so how do you handle cheap customers? You know, that's the question I love. To Great ask. question. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, what, what do you think of cheap customers? You know, because uh, I'll bet you he, he uh, condemns them and rips them apart and all that sort of stuff. Well, then, dude, go get a mirror. Uh, and, and why is it that you don't sell cheap? Because you have a value proposition you create. You know, anybody can sell cheap. I've had more than a few cars in my lifetime that I bought really cheap. And man, they wound up being some of the most expensive cars mm. I've ever owned, mm-hmm. right? I mean, h- how many times does that happen? Hey, pay it once, pay it right. Yes. So is there anything that you've seen, that you've observed in this pandemic that has you concerned at all? Yes, the number of people growing beards. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, now if the audience could just see you with your facial hair, which, which you proceeded to say when we first came on, said, well, you know, sometimes I would go three, four days without shaving. And I go, that is not four days worth That's of growth. That's not what man. I was saying. <laughs> I said I'd never gone more than four days without shaving ever in my life. And I, for some reason, I thought I would just try this, you know, check it off the bucket list, you know, and then go back to uh, the the clean shaven look. I don't know. I just kind of a curiosity thing. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll post pictures online and have everyone vote on which way I should go. But you know, Ms. Just, Mrs. Burdett's just, vote counts for a lot. Just a second though. Um, you said you needed to wait for a barber yeah. to open up. Maybe you should just go to a groomer. <laughs> like for the dogs. Just saying. just saying, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, on, uh, I was going to get a haircut here recently, and so I made an appointment because you have to make an appointment or the governor of Virginia is going to be standing there with a clipboard, you know, keeping track. And then uh, my wife found out. She says, no, 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 don't don't go to a barbershop. Don't go to a barbershop. I said, okay. So my daughter then went to a Walgreens drugstore and bought some very nice scissors, and she tried cutting my hair uh, on the back porch, but she didn't want to cut too much. She didn't want to want to mess it up. So I, I don't know. It's a quandary and it's one that really is not going to affect the world. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. There, there was a photo op 
because you posted a picture on Facebook of your daughter with a cigar after, <laughs> after she graduated. Yes. The, the photo op would be you getting your hair cut by your daughter while she's holding scissors in one hand and a cigar in the other hand. Well, she that didn't. Ha- be- yeah, she finished her cigar after she did her final exams and said, hey, Dad, right. can I have one of your cigars? And I said, uh, sure, son. I mean, sure, Emma. Yeah, I, probably the last one you smoke because they're, you know, I don't really smoke that them very often, but she had it and it was kind of fun, but she was celebrating because she had just finished her last exam, which was all, you know, electronic now because she couldn't go back to school. So we, yes, it was a very funny uh, thing to do. Now, we were the only two out on the porch, so nobody could take the picture and uh, she didn't want me taking a picture anyway, but there I was with a green sheet with white polka dots uh, draped over me with a clip uh, to keep the hair off and uh, I was getting my uh, my haircut. So yeah, it, it's come to this and, uh, we, you know, we're all, we're all dealing with our, our adjustments to this, uh, this new world. So Mark, before we go, I want to ask you if there are any updates on the outbound conference. Yes. The update on the outbound is we of course had moved it to August, unfortunately due to the state of Georgia and limitations and challenges with the convention center. Um, we attempted to move it to November, unfortunately, due to further travel restrictions companies are placing. We're, we're now moving it to June, so there will be no, I mean, I, I don't want to say no. I mean, we're, we're, we're still, we're, it's a little bit fluid. June 2020? Uh, but it looks like June 2021. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you mentioned yeah. you're going to Atlanta, yeah. and I thought, oh, wow, they moved it up. Yeah. No, no. It's, I, I'm going down to Atlanta for another client. We, we, what we've run into is we've run into so many companies that have put basically a travel ban on um, their employees not being able to travel. Oh, okay. And, and of course, we have so many people that come in from other countries and the quarantine and a lot of those countries. So again, we're 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 holding hope. We're 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 trying to get it. Um, and um, so you've got a place holder for June of 2021. Yeah. Well, we're work we're working on that work because again, it's it's there's so many things in place. We're we've got kind of a placeholder here for November. We're trying, but again, it's it there's just there's just so many uh wiggles and shakes. Because mm. uh, again, we have hotel contracts, you've got vendor contracts, you've got so many pieces out there. And and we really we have a lot of people who really want to come. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and um but you got to balance safety. And, um, you know, you got to balance, um, the ability to put the event on and do it with enough lead time to be able to do it right. Just, just out of curiosity, is there some kind of insurance that you have to have for a large event like that? Yes. Oh yeah. There's all kinds of insurance on the back end. And believe me, those prices are going up through the roof. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we do. Fortunately, again, um, I really a big shout out to the uh, Atlanta Convention, the World and, Congress, uh, and the World Congress Center. I mean, mm-hmm. the CVB there—they've all been great to work with uh, because we're all in this together. And um, Chris, you know, for a city like Atlanta, I mean, you think about it. Hartsfield Airport is a huge economic machine to that city, mm-hmm. so they need and to the make Southeast. sure they. And the Southeast, right. So um, events like ours with over a thousand people uh, coming in from all over the world. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, no, we're not, we're not a 50,000 person, but 
A lot of things to balance. Yeah. Well, I think just given the trajectory of growth, because <laughs> I think you've only had three, right? We've, we've only had three. Yes. And yes. it seems to be doubling, <laughs> doubling in size each time. And I've well, see these these are the these are the questions we keep asking, right? Right. I mean, it just, I mean, the demand, um, the demand for tickets and the requests that we get, it's it's through the roof. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, well, but you know what? That means we must be doing something right, and that's cool. I think it's you fun. are. It just it's it's the all stars of sales, and I, I, of course, I've been excited to go there because I get to meet so many people like you and Jeb Blunt and Anthony Anarino and Mike Weinberg and all the other folks that uh, get to speak there. Uh, it's and 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 it's very well choreographed, very well done, uh, very inspiring, and, and very inspiring, but not like some sugar high pip pep rally. <laughs> In other words, right, the things right, that are yeah, covered. Yeah. Yeah. are things that you have to you know bake into your belief system and uh, like in, in your book of mine for sales these are things you 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 take with you and hopefully when people leave there their their thinking has changed and they're they're ready to try new things and they're ready to keep learning I would think yeah we, we put some solid content out there mm-hmm. I mean that's 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 the whole piece it's not and I think maybe that's another thing that makes that event different is because w- vendors, you know, we really don't get much sponsorship money because we don't sell the microphone. You know, there's no mm. selling from the stage. Oh, well, the, maybe that's a part of it then. Yeah, I didn't get any yeah. pitches while I was there. Yeah, yeah. Have sponsors we, we, though. Well, right. We have sponsors, but we only have a couple sponsors. Yeah. And we can't generate as much money from them because we don't do that, which is so funny. Wait a minute. You're doing a sales conference and yet there's no pitching from the stage. Yes, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Right. Yes, yes. Well, Mark, aside from talking to the host of the Marketing Book Podcast, what else are you doing to keep yourself entertained? I am, I am busy. I tell you what, I have never, I don't have time for travel. I don't know how. <laughs> No, this You're is busier than when you were traveling? I, I am busier than ever now. I mean, I am, yes. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And what was funny is that I, I spent an hour with this client. I spent an hour with this client. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on Zoom or in the studio. Now you're talking day. to me. And, and then filling time talking to Douglas. <laughs> Douglas Burgett of the Marketing Book Podcast. Um. But, you know, there, you, you have to balance it out because you really have to spend some time with the less fortunate. So this is my time I'm spending with you, the less fortunate. Thank you for your mission work. I, you know what? Hey, I am full service. What can right. I say? <laughs> hey, seriously, though, seriously, you know what? You you don't get enough props. You, you I mean, I don't know. We've known each other now. Well, what was I, 86? Was I podcast 86? You were, yes, podcast 80, uh, well, uh, not to be careful because there's a lot of people playing the home game. Uh, it was <laughs> episode 89. 89, 89, yes. 89. So it took me 89 weeks. But man, I'll tell you what, you you shunned me for so long. <laughs> wow. You had a book man. coming out and I found man. out about it and Jeb Blunt put in a good word for me. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I know. I, I paid Jeb enough money. He, he runs around <laughs> He does that for me. Um, you know, he's going to be on the show again soon because I'm going to interview him with any luck about his his book on virtual selling that he's oh, written. Oh, yes. His virtual, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. That's a virtual book. Um, he and I have joked about that. Man, that has been a crash and burn project. Uh, he's a machine when it comes to writing oh, books. 
Yeah, he is the James Brown of sales. Not only does he travel a lot, he cranks out the content. You know, yeah, he's I mean, the hardest he, working he, man in sales. He is the hardest working man. But you know what's funny though? We 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 talked. This was funny. This was a couple of weeks ago. We must have talked for two hours on a Saturday morning. Huh. Uh, he called me, and we we wound up and and. Um, like it's funny. I got off the phone and my wife goes, were you talking to Jeb the whole time ago? Yep. <laughs> and she like, what? <laughs> really? And, but we talked about everything and we both kind of were commenting how I don't think we're going to be traveling as much post pandemic as we were. Oh, it's not going to snap back. Well, well, it, it could snap back, but we're finding great ways to make money without having it. You know, we, we both have created such virtual uh, ways to reach customers. Um. I mean, I was doing a, a, a production this morning for an event I'm doing here in a couple of weeks with John Maxwell. Uh, we, we could never have done this remotely. But, you know, over the last couple of months, we've gained the skill set. We've learned how to do this. We've learned how to make it work. And it's great. So, I mean, the capabilities of what we can deliver. And then I think the mindset, what people are willing to, to look at. People don't want to see some talking head behind a desk. But when you do an engaging full-on program and they see it on their video screen it's just like watching something on netflix and um, that's what we're moving to Mm -hmm. and on your website you've got you know up at the top of the menu you've got the university so people right right yeah talk talk about that well that's a new program and again we we and this really was kind of because of COVID, I needed to get the book out. And uh, because of the book, then we had so much well, demand. you got that, that out we, just in time, right? Just in, well, it, and, and, you know, people said, don't, don't, don't put it out now. It's COVID. I said, no, wait a minute. I mind for sales. How could I delay the book? Come on, come on, yeah, go. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so what we're doing, yeah, we have university program, which is really cool because it's a real cool blend of videos and real time real-time stuff. In other words, every week you get a, you get a, a two-minute video every Monday morning from me. I do two live coaching events every month for the members. Plus, you get this video library. Plus, you get other things. I mean, it really is. It, it's, it's an integration, which is really where online learning is going. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's been in the back of my mind for a long time. Uh, but we had to get the book out, and then, boom, here it is. Yeah, so, yes. and I'm seeing and, here... And, 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 but we will not. We will not be playing any football games th- this fall. No. We, oh. We, oh. Okay. We, we haven't decided, uh, selected which conference we're going to go with. Uh huh. You're going to uh, give that coach some time to build the team up. Well, yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, so we're we're really looking to um, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not quite sure if we're going to do the SEC or the Big Ten, but um, <laughs> in, in Omaha, yeah. Hey. Hey. Don't knock Omaha, okay? Come on, yeah. Well, SEC, I mean, they're they're it's Southeastern Conference, more or less. It's more or less major <laughs> football. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it's the minor league to the pros, okay? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a topic for another day. But how is this pandemic going to affect U.S. college sports, and what? What is that going to have on the effect? Is it going to have on on universities and what a college degree means anyway? Because I'm seeing all well, that's, people I mean, saying, "Why are my ki- why am I paying for my kids to go back to school next fall?" And they're not even going to be able to get to go to school. They're going to sit in front of a computer. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, you think I mean, there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to be taking a gap year, but I think there's a lot of colleges that can't afford a gap year. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, really, really, if you stop thinking about it, the the two industries that are getting shaken up the most, it's not the travel industry, it's education and healthcare. Those mm. are the two industries that are getting that are getting shaped the most, Shape. impacted the most. Impacted yep. in healthcare because they've shut down so many of the. Well, uh, yeah, and and healthcare is truly having to move to a telehealth, um, to an online model, mm-hmm. and, and um, elective surgeries and all 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 these things. The the brick and mortar concept. Um, you look at the, the hundreds of millions of dollars that go into every single hospital. Um, I'm on the board of directors of uh, an organization that develops clinics around the world and. Third, third world countries. And a couple of years ago, we, we moved away from building hospitals to building very portable clinics because they can be more flexible. And I think this is what you're going to see. This is going to be the future of healthcare. Mm. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not, I have, I have no clue, but we're going to see a lot more telehealth. We're going to see higher education is going to, is, is getting pounded. There's, there's no, there's no arguments there. Well, I think a lot of uh, people would argue that it was sort of an industrial era approach anyway, and it was uh, ripe for disruption. Yeah. I mean, we, we've taken 40 or 50 years of societal change and jammed it into six months. <laughs> yes. Really That's true. That's so right? true. Yep. I mean, the whole, the whole, yeah. I mean, the whole work from home model and all that sort of stuff and, and um, um, telecommute, you know, telecommunicating and everything. I mean, this was all this would have happened within 40 or 50 years. We're just accelerated it six months. I mean, I've, I've, I've always said for a long time, I said, the first time you see an airline employee will be when you get on an airplane. And guess what? We're probably only a, maybe six months a year away from that. Um, there'll be no airline employees in an airport. You'll check your own luggage. You'll do all that. You won't, you, you know, you, you'll board yourself. Hotels are, there's going to be nobody at the front desk. I mean, now, again, depending on whether or not we get a vaccine and all this sort of stuff, but you look at restaurants, you look at all this sort of stuff. I mean, say goodbye to the Golden Corral, you know, you know on the buffet. Mm-hmm. Um, also known as the Golden Trough. The Golden Trough. There you go. There you go. <laughs> For those listeners outside the United States, I don't know if they have Golden Corrals. I, I don't know. Is it a national chain? But it's basically a buffet. It's it's just a buffet, and it and it and it's and it. The only people in there are those over eighty. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, their their peak period of the day is at you know two thirty to three thirty in the afternoon. I mean, over eighty, that. or people with over eighty inch uh, waistbands. Oh man! Wow, we're like we're like dissing on everybody, aren't we? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I went to one once. Uh, I remember we were pitching their business locally years ago when I was in the ad business. So I I needed to go to one and uh, took the kids. They were very little, and uh, I didn't think it was I didn't think it was too bad. But you're talking to a guy that thought the army food was pretty good. So. Hey, there you go, man. Hey, remember I worked at McDonald's for years. So and, yes, and I, and, and, so, and I still like back. So you you they're very good. So you uh, been fired. You worked at uh, McDonald's. You had baked in the humility a very successful salesperson needed. And now you wonder why I have so much risk in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together. It's all coming together. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I had guns pulled on me when I, when I worked at McDonald's. Oh, wow. You didn't get the, you didn't give them the correct change back. 
No, there were drug deals going down. I mean, I, I, I worked in McDonald's. Okay, real quick. I won't go there, but I, uh, I used to be selling the drugs. This was before you. No, 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 no. This was, um, I, in fact, at one time I was managing the second highest volume McDonald's in the world. Really? Which was in Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that that's a whole separate. That was when the pipeline was being built. Oh uh, man, boom! We were the second. We were the second highest volume McDonald's in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I oh, there. there I, believe me, I've got so. Yeah, I'm. Oh man, I'm, I may start a, a another podcast, and it's just going to be stories about Mark Hunter, and you're going to tell these stories, and at the end of the podcast, people are going to have to vote. Was it true? Or did it really happen to Mark Hunter? Well, okay. Let me give you one. We got, we, we, on our 40th wedding, um, no, on, on our honeymoon, we got bumped by Bob Hope. Wow. Now, remember, we got married in a volcano. <laughs> no respect at all, I tell you. I mean, downstream. Honeymooned in LA. And, okay, this, this is dating us, but you can relate to this. Johnny Carson. Yeah. My wife and I went to Johnny Carson's show. And at that time, you got in line like six in the morning, you know, for tickets. And, um, you look like you look like newlyweds people, and they. So we began telling our story. Before I knew it, they came out. They took my our, our names, all this sort of stuff. Got our story, and they said, "Cause Johnny's coming in the audience." This was on a Friday night. Johnny was going to go in the audience. Mm, I used uh, to love those segments. Right, come back in the afternoon, and sure enough, they 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 pull us to they, they seat us right on the aisle, second row, second row. You know, you know, right there on the aisle. And Johnny's going to come in, come in the audience. Bob Hope comes on the show, and we got bumped. But you got to watch the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watch. I mean, and Bob Hope was like, you know, twelve feet, fifteen feet in front of us. Uh-huh. And you know, but but yeah, it was it was like, that would have been our. So my 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 national my national TV debut did not take place then. It had to wait about twelve years until Game Two of the World Series. Another bizarre thing. Peter Uberoth was the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And um, he organized the Olympics too, the uh, LA Olympics. Yes, he organized the LA Olympics. And after that, he did the, he was Major League Baseball commissioner. And um, Minnesota Twins were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. We had season tickets. That was my job. I was in sales, remember, mm-hmm. right down the baseline, about the third row up. And the commissioner's box was placed right in front of our seats. And um, there, and the the opening pitch was thrown from the from the from the commissioner's box and the national anthem and all that sort of stuff. And and here, my wife and I are sitting, and it looks like on national TV, we're like in the commissioner's box. We're like two rows behind him. So that was our national television debut. So mm. anyway, wow. So you were bumped by Bob Hope, and ever since then, you've been very competitive. I've been very competitive, and finally, Peter Uberoth came through for us. In Major League Baseball. <laughs> Good. And, and you never looked back. So, well, listen, uh, Mark, I really appreciate the time that you've uh, spent with me and the listeners to the Marketing Book Podcast and uh, here on Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. And I hope that you and your wife and your family stays uh, safe and happy and healthy. That means they need to stay away from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>